Hello, this is Andy Cates, Senior Economist at Haver Analytics, uh, and I'm joined today by Tian Yong Wu, uh, Asian Economist from Singapore. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for this latest edition of our weekly podcast. So on the agenda today um, is a brief overview from me of, of recent global macro and, and financial market developments uh, with a nod to, to where we stand on the instability in the Red Sea. Uh, Tian Yong is, is then going to summarize his latest assessment of economic developments in the ASEAN economies. Um, then we're going to take a quick look back at this week's Bank of Japan um, monetary decision, um, as well as make a nod to this week's um, reserve requirement cuts from China. Um, and finally, we're going to wrap up with a brief outline of what lies in store in the week ahead. And just a reminder before we kick off that all the views that we're about to express are our own. Um, they're not the views of Haver Analytics. So to kick off in financial markets, equity investors have on the whole been taking their cue this week from company specific developments with some positive news from the technology sector in particular uh, leading the way. Um, at the broader macro level, however, uh, lingering tensions in the Middle East, however, are adversely affecting shipping costs uh, and more so than I think we'd previously been seeing. Um, and that in turn is, is lifting concerns about the durability of global supply chains. Uh, and I'm going to come back to that issue um, in, in a brief moment. In addition to this, recent commentary uh, and economic data have also been casting some doubts on the willingness of central banks to pivot toward looser monetary policy. Um, that being said, this week's announcement in China of a forthcoming 50 basis points cut uh, in reserve requirements is potentially, I, I guess, a hint that China's central bank could loosen its policy settings in the coming weeks. And Tian will say a few more words about that very shortly. Now, last week on, on this podcast, we, we did argue that at least so far, the geopolitical issues that were stemming from the Houthi attacks in the Red Sea weren't too concerning. Uh, and I think with energy prices still well behaved, that assessment still stands. That being said, there is now more evidence to suggest that transportation costs are increasing on those key shipping routes that would ordinarily traverse the Red Sea. And that's not just, of course, a function of higher freight rates, which have bolted higher. Um, but it's also a function, I think, of um, an inevitable increase in labor costs uh, and an inevitable increase in insurance premiums. Uh, I think it was also notable if you look at the underlying details of this week's flash PMI surveys from Europe, that there is now more evidence to suggest that supply chains are gumming up, um, judging by the lengthening of the supply delivery times components um, that are buried in the manufacturing surveys details. So that's certainly worth keeping an eye on, not least in Europe and Asia, which are arguably in the eye of the storm on this. And that's a neat segue, though, to the work that you've been doing, Tian, on the um, ASEAN region over the past few days. Uh, what's what's the story there? Thank you very much, Andy. Yes, um, we have just published the latest uh, economic letter from Asia, touching on some of the key themes relating to the ASEAN 5 region. So for starters, the latest letter notes uneven inflation developments among the ASEAN 5 economies, even as regional inflation has moderated on average. We also explore possible impacts on monetary policy considering the inflation trends. We then examine the absence of a strong recovery in Chinese tourist arrivals to ASEAN 5 and note recent trends in trade. Lastly, we explore the region's position in the global value chain, 
acknowledging government initiatives to drive innovation and to foster new technologies. Great. And and obviously, in addition to that, as I, I just noted, um, uh, in Asia this week, we've seen the BOJ pontificate on monetary policy. And we've also seen some tentative steps from China to, to loosen monetary policy. So, so what's your take uh, on both of those? Yes, indeed. We, we saw more of the same from the Bank of Japan this week as it left its policy settings unchanged, as widely expected by analysts. What was interesting, however, was the central bank's updated economic forecast for the upcoming fiscal year. So specifically, and compared to the predictions it made last October, the Bank of Japan now sees higher GDP growth and lower CPI inflation, excluding fresh food, for fiscal year 2024. Additionally, the central bank also noted that the likelihood of realizing its price stability outlook has gradually risen. And touching more on central bank developments in Asia, the People's Bank of China announced earlier that it will cut the reserve requirement ratio for banks by 50 basis points, effective the 5th of February. So the central bank's governor said that the move will unleash about 1 trillion yuan, equivalent to about 140 billion US dollars uh, worth of liquidity into China's financial system. Excellent. Um, let's let's now turn to the week ahead, where, where we have a number of major central banks deliberating on policy. Um, obviously, after the BOJ this week, including the ECB later on today, we're recording this um, for the record on, on Thursday morning, London time. Um, no changes are expected from the ECB, and I, and I think most observers are additionally anticipating some hawkish communication um, from President Lagarde. Um, just in light of a stronger-than-expected regional banking survey earlier this week, as, as well as some suggestions that good price pressures are re-emerging um, in this week's flash PMI surveys. Next week, they'll also seize the Fed, deliberate on Wednesday, and a Bank of England announcement on Thursday. Uh, here again, no changes are expected, um, but with a general sense again that some pushback will be given to the idea that policy will pivot um, imminently uh, toward a looser, uh, a looser policy stance. Otherwise, just for, for the record, on the data front, we have the US January jobs report a week on Friday um, and some flash CPI data from the euro area to look out for uh, as well uh, in the week ahead. Um, what about uh, Asia, Tianyong? A anything of note um, from your side? Oh, yes. Thank you, Andy. Um, Asia will have a quite a busy week ahead as well, as it will see a raft of releases next week, uh, but with the market focused likely to be on China's latest PMI readings. So for context, China's official PMI indicated a third straight month of contractions in December, while the Tyson gauge signaled a modest expansion. So outside of China, analysts will likely pay some heat to Q4 GDP releases by Taiwan, Hong Kong, and the Philippines on Wednesday. Yeah, that, that's all from me, Andy. Excellent. Thanks, Tianyong. And let's, let's leave it there for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, further analysis on these issues can be found in our latest Charts of the Week publication that we sent out uh, yesterday. That's Wednesday. Uh, and Tianyong's analysis on the ASEAN economies can be found uh, in his latest economic letter that we sent out on Monday um, from Asia. That's it. Have a great week ahead.